Hey, good people, this is your N.I. Dom back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, I have three themes um, that I've been um, meditating on for the past 48 hours. Not intentionally, but that's just how my brain works. And each of those themes I can open up um, to give like a list. So if, uh, let me just tell you those th- these three things right quick. Uh, work, self, and self-actualization. Work, self, and self-actualization. And I can open each of these uh, themes up um, on a piece of paper. In my notebook, I have a map where work has three branches. And on the branches uh, for work, it's drive, autonomy, and risk. The three branches related to self, um, or self-advancement and experience. Uh, excuse me, did I say self? S-E, advancement and experience. S-E and N-I, relatedness. And self-preservation and S-E, maps. All of that is under the self or branched off from the self. And then the last one is self-actualization, and there really there's only one real um, real branch, and that's the dark side of self-actualization. But in order to get to the dark side of self-actualization, then there needs to be a discussion on what self-actualization is, and so there would be some other things to talk about. I want to tell you that I actually started recording the self-actualization reflection yesterday. But um, I have company from out of town. I don't know if I, got, I told you guys that that was happening. And um, I just wasn't able to finish it with the privacy that I needed. So my company is asleep right now. <laughs> and so I want to see if I can get this recorded, a recording done uh, before the house wakes up, if you will. The only challenge is that I no longer want to just talk about self-actualization. Because that's what I wanted to do yesterday. I'm really interested in this um, self as it relates to extroverted sensing. S-E and introverted intuition, N-I. And then you guys know my last reflection with you. I think it was, uh, what was it? Faith, fear, and flow. And it was related to work. That was a very helpful reflection for me. Um, And so I have some lingering thoughts on that. Once I did that reflection, there was a level of acceptance that I had. It was, you know, I just thought about it because I do these reflections. I mean, they're honest, at least as far as I'm aware, they're honest. And I, do, I, I, I publish it and I just start moving about in my world and that reflection now exists, right? So even, bef- even before I go back and I listen to my reflections, it now is a thing that has form, it is something that I, when I do a reflection, I'm taking thing, um, taking an essence out of the abstract world, and I give it form by giving it words and giving it a recording. So now it is a thing. And so I haven't gone back to listen to that particular episode, but I know that that reflection lived with me. When did I do that one? Friday morning. I can't remember when I released it. It was either Friday morning or Thursday morning. And... Um, Maybe it was Friday morning. I don't know. But so I went to work. 
And I was just thinking a lot about the form that I created in that reflection. And I was trying to poke it to see if there were some gaps, um, to see if I, the feelings I had towards the, that reflection, if it was space bound, like when I'm in one space, I feel this way. When I'm in another space, I might feel something different because I've noticed that on me. I might feel something strongly when I'm in one context, I'm in another context that that feeling might not be as strong. And so I've had some across the, the last few years I've been, no, that's not true. The last, the last 18 months I've been studying myself in that way. And I would call that consistency, self-consistency. How am I consistent across context and how do I vary? Uh, what's the, the variance of me across context? I believe we all have it, though, but I don't know how many of us can pause and become conscious of that thing. So nonetheless, I still want to think about work and the self, even though self-reflection is a reflection I'd love to do because I started it. I got almost, I got about 60% done with it yesterday. So that feels incomplete. So I kind of want to do that. And then I, but these other things are on my brain. So we don't know. I don't know how this reflection is going to go. Work, the self, and self-actualization. I pray that my house guest does not wake up because I'm going to finish this. And I don't, won't feel comfortable doing it knowing that somebody's listening to me. I mean, I know you are listening to me. But I don't know you, right? <laughs> I can't see you. But having somebody that I have to look at, I don't know. This is private. And isn't that crazy for me to say this is private? Yet, yet here I am out in the wild, wild west. So anyway. You guys, if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. I do so by using personality theories. The two that I use the most, uh, Myers-Briggs or the MBTI and the Enneagram. Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background from intergenerational trauma. I am a trained and practicing educator of about 30 years. Half of that time has been in leadership. I am uh, also identify as a critical race feminist, which means I just have a sensitivity to locating power and dis, uh, poking power and tr doing my damnedest to to redistribute it so that it is more equitable. This project is unedited. It is unscripted. And if you want to know more about it or me, you can go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. So I just did that in a minute, y'all. Hey. <laughs> okay, so this is going to be tough because I'm sure where I start is what's going to completely influence this entire reflection. Even if I pick up all three Themes. I'm sure how I start is going to be how I finish. Okay, this is what I think I'm going to do. I just pushed the pause button for a second. So this is what I think I'm going to do. I think I'm going to talk about the three themes in the order in which they're on the paper. And here's why. Because I think work is not going to be that big of a reflection. The self is going to be a meaty reflection or meteor reflection. But I still think the self-actualization one is bigger. So what I'm going to do is work my way back to self-actualization. If I have, if I get to a place and I say, oh, I don't have enough time, then I'm going to still do self-actualization as a separate one. Okay. But we're going to focus on work and the self with my 
desire to make my way towards self-actualization, all right? So quickly about work, um, I think one of the things that have been, uh, the thought that has been lingering with me since I did the reflection on faith, fear, and flow is this realization that the current job, when I'm not talking about my business, I'm talking about the job, and that's important even for me to think about as it relates to the business, but we'll see if I can cover that. But this idea that um, I'm, I'm, this particular position that I took has been in this, like in the way, in the queue since I took the job. So I started in, at the beginning of August. It's a fairly new position. Uh, I think it's been around for about four years. And um, this is the fifth year. And so across the five years, it has taken on different shapes. And it's evolved, actually. It, it, never, it, has, it has never matured. I think we're sitting at the place of maturity, even if it, and if there's a high chance it's going to change. Like the, there's a high chance that the position is getting ready, getting ready to be erased in terms of being renamed and repurposed. So, because we have a new CEO who sees that position in a particular way. But until it is renamed or repurposed, what when we met with the CEO, my counterpart, there's only two of us in this whole organization who has this position. When we met with the CEO, we found out that, you know, he wants to repurpose it along with restructuring the organization as a CEO can do. That doesn't bother me. I do feel bad. I, no, I don't feel bad, but I am oh, sensitive to the people who've been in that organization for years because the previous CEO was there for years, for decades. So they don't know what that organization is like outside of the previous CEO. So there is a lot of nervousness about this new CEO that has more to do with the fact that they haven't worked under a new CEO. That's just, to me, that makes sense. So anywho, I'm going to come back to that nervousness if I, I want to come back to that because that's something I have some thoughts on that too. But so, so the C, new CEO met with us um, and said, Hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking for next year. What do you think about that? And you know, I'm, I love the, I love the vision. You know, like I told you guys in the previous reflection, he's a visionary. I'm a visionary. And even if I don't necessarily agree with it. I am really, really excited to be able to play a part in someone else's vision. And that, I don't know, what is that? I, I love it. As long as I'm here, if I'm, if I'm going to be working for someone, I want to still be vision driven, even if it's not my vision, something about vision I really like. And so when I took the job, the person who hired me, I said to her, what's your vision? I want to, I want to help you meet your vision. I've been saying that. And she never could get to a place where she could give me anything in writing. Just no, she wasn't able to have it. And I have some opinions about that. I'm now learning why that might be. Um, just because of this, the, the, there's a new CEO. And, um, anywho. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, 
So when the, the CEO kind of rolled out this new structure and I was like in love with it, uh, that I ended that meeting by saying, but what are we going to do this year? Because this year, in the fifth year of this physician existing, it has different interpretations. I support five sites within that organization. There are five local sites that I support. My counterpart supports another five sites. And amongst those five sites are managers and leaders and and other stakeholders and everybody has an interpretation of that position of my position and because effectiveness effectiveness is important to me and effectiveness for a TE user is about some kind of external standard it's not completely about what I think is great even though the NI is dominant for me and I have my own vision for effectiveness I am aware that other people have a standard of effectiveness and it doesn't matter my vision I'm going to be judged by those external standards so I want to know what they are but now I have all these different people who have an, who have standards of expectations or opinions about my position so I was like to the CEO I said well what, what are we going to do until next year so I'm not worried about next year when you roll out that vision and you say this is what this position is going to do and these are the standards, then everybody has to gel with that. But the previous super, um, um, the previous CEO didn't um, um, give that, didn't give this position that kind of treatment. Was left loose for a number of, I don't know why actually. I would imagine there's a reason. So I'm not trying to critique, uh, criticize the previous CEO, but I am saying it wasn't done. So you got all of these different stakeholders with different degrees of power who are judging that position and judging me and determining if I'm effective or not. But then they're not saying it to me because I don't really report to those people. So they know that they really, it's just crazy. So I was like, yo, what are we going to do until next year about this position? And then we said, we said, can we tell you what we're doing now? And so we scheduled another meeting that was Thursday. That's right. My reflection was recorded on Friday because I met with the, the CEO on Thursday. And um, and he was talking about, we were sharing kind of what we're doing now. And then we said we had a proposal for moving forward. And he liked it for the most part. He threw in he threw in a role, a particular role, and I was like, "What is that about?" I didn't want to say no, but my gut was like, "The that particular role, that thing you might want us to do, that's not my superpower because it has a it has an fe need, like a kind of like a customer service component, uh, constituent relations." And I've done constituent relations in the past. I've actually got a, a fairly heavy background in constituent relations. Or customer relations. But I think. This isn't just about. The product. Like when you do customer relations. Like when I did constituent relations. I was working for the mayor's office. Well. I My job. I was tasked to make constituents. Feel good or solve their problems. Based on what rights they had. As citizens of a particular city. That's concrete. When I was working for another company doing customer service, it was a product. 
and a service. When people called and they complained about not getting that product or their service, it was clear for me to solve their problems based on that. Well, this particular way is about, it's a, it's a product, quote unquote, that is very political. And if you haven't taken a stand on the politics of that product or where you stand on it, then that just makes pleasing people for that product very difficult. And I'm like, I don't want that. Like, I want to please, I want, if I'm going to be tasked with making people happy, solving their problems, I want to do it based on some objective standards. This is what, this is what you're guaranteed. This is what you've been promised. This is where you have, these are the rights that you have. And if those rights have been violated, let me move in to help you. I can do that easily because it's based on some kind of public or common standard. But when no one has taken the time to establish a common standard or a public standard and I'm not supposed to make you happy, you understand what I'm saying. Then it's just purely about making you happy. And I could give two cents in a bucket, if you will. <laughs> you know, that's just not something I really want to be. I want to be tasked with. So anyway, so so when a CEO was like, well, I may want you guys to do this. And he looked at us and my counterpart nodded. And I just had like a, the probably the typical INTJ stare, like I'm waiting for more data. <laughs> like I didn't give any kind of excitement or any kind of visceral reaction. And a CEO was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, then I said, well, what does that position, how would it look? Like, let's roll that out a little bit. Let's unpack that. And um, I think he got a little bit irritated with me. He was like, let's just, well, he did, he tried to explain it a little bit, but then he was just like, let's just move on. And then I was like, okay. <laughs> so anyway, but I, I say that to say that, um, that position is well we're we're really now getting ready to finalize what we're going to do with this position for the remainder of this year and what we told him is that we want something in writing that we can blast out to all the different stakeholders that this is what the job is so that when people are judging in effectiveness then they we can let's go back to what the CEO said about this position and am I performing according to his expectations as you see it, not according to some nebulous thought. You have a different thought. You have a different thought. You have a different thought. Like, no, no, we're going to streamline this. So I hope that's where we go. But nonetheless, but in, and so I'm excited about that. I also, you know, I've thought about my reflection that there is a part of his streamlining this position for this year to prep us for next year. And there is a clear role that I would want for next year. I don't know if I would get it. And that's where I, that was the biggest breakthrough for me in um, from my reflection with you guys on Friday. That it's really not about the position for next year. I'm not. It's, there is something I want. There is a position I want. But how do I say it? Um. Um, it's not really about that position right now anymore. I know that sounds really like, yeah, I want it, but I don't want it the way I wanted it before. I know it's there, 
I'm not getting ready to be exploited for that position because I'm just going to trust in. That's where the faith comes in. If spirit wants me to have that position, that position is mine. I don't need to obsess over it. All I need to do is do right in the position I have now. I do what I'm supposed to do in the position I have now. If the spirit wants me to have that position, I'm going to have it. I don't have to manipulate. I don't have to control. I don't have to obsess over it. That position is mine. It's mine. Period. And that was something that came through that reflection from on Friday. But I think the other piece that came from it is that I'm embracing the risk. There, in that reflection, I talked about there being a risk, right? You, We might be formulating this position and this the CEO is kind of in prepping us for next year. And really the position I want, there's only one person who's going to have it. There are two of us now that he's grooming for next year. Not necessarily grooming us for that particular position because there are going to be several different positions. The thing with my counterpart that's making me, um, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but that is making me conscious and aware, she has a vision for next year too. And while she's saying to me she doesn't want um, a so she says she wants to work quote unquote underneath me she wants me to have some kind of leadership role and she wants to work un underneath me I don't 100% know if I believe that at this point she's been saying it for a while I don't know if I fully believe it I really don't care that's really not my biggest concern with her what I'm noticing is um, she does and this is what I have experienced with some FE users not all but a lot of you guys and I don't know what that is. I'm pretty sure that's just from my perspective. There, there's like a mimicking that happens. And what I've learned in this, tra I've been in this a couple of trainings, what it might be, while it might feel for me like mimicry, like you're copying, it could be what's called reporting. So in the training that I've been in, when people are connected and they bond, they rapport. They start following each other. They start matching and mirroring each other. Well, that mirroring, I don't like it. <laughs> but it's flattery. It's it's a form of saying, I want to be connected with you. So I'm going to reunite. I'm going to align myself to be similar to you. And according to this training, is that that's something we do naturally. I don't like it <laughs> because as an individual, right? And I like, I like autonomy. I like to have my own space. I've carved out my own thing. This is what I did, right? Um, I did this thing because I like to brag on the thing that I've done. And not necessarily just brag, but I want credit because of me saying I accomplished the effectiveness part of me. It makes it difficult for me to do that. If you are mirroring me, because now it doesn't, we're not sure if that, that thing that got accomplished, who accomplished it? Did you accomplish it while you were mirroring what I was doing? It's confusing. And so that is the primary reason why I don't like it. Plus, I like my own individuality. You know what I mean? I like to be an individual person. You mirroring me for rapport? Makes me feel erased. Makes me feel like you're crowding in on my space. So stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. 
So she does a lot of that. She does a lot of it, and that, and there was a, being new to that position when she was doing it. That was, and this is something that I'm going to check my own ego, my own narcissism for, because I'm certain that when she was doing it initially, it was making me feel important. So I didn't, it didn't strike me the way it's it's striking me now. And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying that's something I have to check myself on. Did she just start mirroring me? No, she didn't. And when she was doing it before, I actually noticed it. There were things that she did before that I was like, why are you doing that? And I didn't like it. But there were things I needed from her allegiance or her alliance to me. So... I allowed for the mirroring because it was building an alliance because I needed that alliance as I took on this new position with all these different stakeholders. I needed her support. So if her support was going to come by way of the mirroring, and it's not complete mirroring, but it's a lot of it, then I tolerated it. So here's the real shift. It's, it, this is the real shift. I don't need that anymore. I pretty much have, I'm now in the role. I've set a position for myself, and good or bad. I'm not going to say I'm secure, but I am settled in that role. I made a name for myself in the, sh- the few months that I've been there. I, I've, I've clearly defined who I am. They got it. I might have a little bit. I may have 15% of work still to do, and that's going to come once the CEO finalizes what we're supposed to be doing for this year. So the mirroring has to stop. (laughs) And now he's asking us to do things together. And I don't know to what extent that's going to be the question. Like he's getting ready to give us a project and he wants us to do it together. I don't want to do that project together. Not at all. Not at all. But what I'm trying to tell myself is they're going to be there. There are a couple of benefits that could happen from us doing it together. I'm trying to think about what the positives are, what could be beneficial for me as a person who is driven and ambitious, right? Because it's not that I don't want to work with her. I really like her. But I can't use my superpower as an N-I dom. She's an S-I dom. She's S-I-F-E. She's an ISFJ, by the way. And her S-I... Excuse me. Her F.E.? I don't do well with F.E. I don't know. How about this? I don't know how to. This is what it is. I don't know how to do harmony with F.E. I can go into. uh, I can go into a battle with F.E. I can do competition with it. I can do a contest with F.E. If it's worth it. Oftentimes the things that F.E. wants to battle or contest. I'm like whatever. And I just move around. I just, I walk away from an FE user when they try to compete with me. Most of the time. 90% of the time. But if I can't move around and it's FE to my TE, my TE will then do what it has to do. And then, but it's aggressive. It's aggressive. And then I feel, then I can feel guilty, right? (laughs) So I prefer to just leave an FE user when they're, when they position themselves to compete. Or be in a contest with me. Because it's ridiculous. I don't the thing I don't even want to do the thing that you're... I'm not even fighting for the thing that you feel is important. For the most part. 
But her SI then is determining what's more important than my NI and then with that FE. And then she has history. She's been in this organization for years. We've been, for the most part, for about 20 years. So she has weight. And I get it. I respect that. I see it. So I'm not, but so then like recently she was challenging me on some NI maneuverings that I want to do. I want to maneuver through a thing. I can't tell you concretely why I'm doing this, but I know that what I'm doing is right. I know it. And the thing is, you know it too. I mean, you don't know the thing that I'm doing, but you know my my portfolio, my track record. So now you want to position yourself in proximity to me as you have been doing over the past four months, this alliance thing that you've been doing, this mirroring that you've been doing, this rapport building that you've been doing. And okay, but now we're at this place where there's a shift that's happening. Whereas, like, she was like, no, I don't think that's true. And she's pulling rank in this very, in my mind, passive. Because F.E. is still going to be sensitive to the other person. So it's not as direct. She's got a directness on her, though, that I do respect. Sometimes I'm like, are you really an ISTJ? But, um, no, she's an ISFJ. But, um, anyway, I'm, I'm lingering here longer than I wanted to. Um. So that's one of the reasons why I don't want to work with her because that whole mirroring thing. And then there's this contest of who's perceiving is superior. Is her SI perceiving superior than my NI perceiving? Now, I'm pretty sure they work together to, to, to do something great. I do believe that. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that at the end of the day, she respects me and I deeply respect her. But I think the thing that I'm concerned about is in my trajectory for next year, right? Even if it's not in the position that I want, it could be whatever position. I want it to be based on my strengths. And the question is, can I be my strong self? Can I be in my superpower while I'm collaborating with her? And I don't feel that I can be. I don't, I cannot be good. Yes. But can I be damn good? I don't think so, because my damn good, if you will, is located in my superpower. It's located in my NI. And then when you start as an SI user, when you start asking me to verify, qualify, justify what I'm doing because of my NI, as a TE user, although it's auxiliary, I can respect those questions, but now I'm spending more of my energy trying to convince you of something than I am just doing it. And I'm just like, no, I don't, that's not interesting to me. So anyway, we don't know how that's going to go. Nice, nice lady. We have a really good connection. I don't want that to come off. It's just our superpowers are, our superpowers are different. And, uh, and I actually think, and this is what I've told her, I actually think she would be good in a different leadership role. And I've been pushing her and that's what I do well with people. Like I push them to their next level. Don't set your sights on working for me next year. Set your sights on being a leader. You got this. There's another position that's got her name all over it. I'm like, you don't see that? And so lately she's been like, you, you've had me thinking. Because first she's like, I'm not going back to school. I don't want to do it. I want to work for you. 
I said, I would, I said, I would work for you, which I would, I actually would work for her in a heartbeat. But I think our, our strengths are in two different arenas that as the CEO recalibrates this position, or excuse me, recalibrates this organization and these positions are created, I don't know if we are best suited to be on the same team. I don't know. But it's it's not my organization and all of that. So Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I want to say more to that. So I'm I think this is one of the things I love about personality theory because about you know, four five years ago I would have been annoyed with my coworker. I wouldn't have been able to appreciate what she brings to the table. And I really think it's around this F-E-T-I axis. Because I also, T-I is what I think is called my critical parent. It's something that I value, but I don't master. So when you start using T-I to do your F-E impact... That you that's where it feels like a contest of, or a competition. You may not even feel that way for that the uh, FETI user, but that's how it feels for me. Oh, we're going to determine what's the best thing for this outer space, and you're using your TI to help you judge what you should be doing with the FE. And I'm going to TE using my FI to judge it. My FI is going to help influence it. No, baby, <laughs> that's where it becomes a contest. Um. So I think as I wrap that part up, I think the other piece or the biggest piece of all of it is that I, from my reflection on Friday, I'm I'm just at peace with the drive of it all, like me focusing my strengths on this year, me being aware of this particular, my coworker and what she might be, how she might be positioning herself for next year and just being aware of how I need to interact with her now. You know, when in the first four months, when we've been surviving without direction, it's going to be different for us working together where there is direction, right? Like, how will we bond with this direction versus when we were bonding when there was no direction? I think it's going to be a different bonding. So I'm just going to have my eyes open to that. Mm hmm. And I think the last thing I'll say to this is that. I am very well aware of the risk of all of it. The CEO can just come out of the blue and just change, change his mind altogether. That's his prerogative. So that's the other thing I've, I've got going like now that I know. And it's crazy that even though this is now, so I have another coworker who I believe is, um, she types as an ENFJ and we work in the same office. I work in an office with an ESFJ and uh, an ENFJ. And the ENFJ and I spend a lot of time talking. We our intuitive driving functions really dance. We dance together a lot. And uh, one of the things she's been challenging me on when I'm like, we need direction, we need scope. And she's like, yeah, but when there is no direction, you can kind of do what you want to do. I, yep, I get that, except I'm not doing what I want to do and nobody is judging me. I have five sites, five different leaders, all these stakeholders who are judging me. Whereas 
she is working at one site doing what she wants to do and working with the person that is her evaluator, getting her evaluator on on board while she's interpreting the job however she wants to, that's fine. She's, she's got one stakeholder to deal with. Once she gets that stakeholder, even though there's no direction, once she gets that stakeholder in, in her pocket, she can do whatever she wants to do. That's different from what it looks like for me. So I love being in a space where there's no direction because then I'm going to take it and run with it. But I can't do that with all of that. I've got about 20 stakeholders, if you, if, if not more, with power that um, can influence the way my job is secure or not. So it's just different. Um, so in, even though like now I'm, we have one particular, um, now with the CEO moving in on our position and trying to give it scope and like he's kind of putting a lid on the potential of it. Like as long as he wasn't doing that because of the previous CEO, I can interpret that position however I wanted to. And I did. But as I was interpreting it, people were judging it. And then they were fighting me on it, trying to like get me to budge. And I was fine. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> this is how we're going to do this position. And so now that um, I'm getting ready to lose that freedom and there is going to be risk involved with how he is positioning this position. And I don't know if that's one, that's the other thing. Because my counterpart and I bring two different superpowers to the table. We bring two different portfolios to the table. I'm curious to see how he how he respects that. How he attunes to the differences. I mean, we, we're just getting started. I have no idea. But um, what I think he's doing, what it looks like he's doing, is he is, he is positioning me to use my strengths. Like, cause he, and he, there's another thing he asked us to do that I haven't even talked about. There are two things he's asking us. To, well, three things. One is like, oh no. <laughs> but the other two things got my name all over it as an individual, not as a team person. But anyway, I mean, it's got my name all over it. And I'm like, yes. But it's above, it's, it's, it's above my pay grade. We, I've already talked about that. And because it's above my pay grade and I'm doing some things where I'll be impacting the work of people who are above my pay grade, there's going to be some political pushback to that. And even though that creates risk and uncertainty, it's it's um, predictable risk. It is secured risk. So even though it's risky, there is security in that risk because I know that risk. I don't know if that makes sense, right? Can risk be secured? I don't know. But I'm like, I'm here for that because I know that risk. I know how that risk unfolds. I know the battles of that risk. And I have muscles in that risk. I've, I've taken that risk before. I've played that game before. So I'm, I think when I did the reflection on Friday, that's that's what's come out of it. My rethinking of my coworker, and not rethinking in terms of her, our friendship, our growing friendship, but rethinking that attunement, that mirroring, that no. So just rethinking how I've allowed for that, that's different. Um, 
being comfortable in the risk, even though being aware that now there's greater risk, there's, there's greater comfort because I'm familiar with that risk. Isn't that interesting? I don't know if you guys can follow any. All of this is pretty abstract because I haven't said a damn thing yet, have I? <laughs> anyway, and then... Um, and I think... And, you know, being okay with this year. Like, focusing my energy on this year. Putting less of my attention on next year. The position I want next year. Because I no longer am... I know I want I want to be at the right pay grade next year. Now that I know. But what position that's going to be, I don't know. I don't I no longer feel obsessed with determining that position for next year. I am Here's where my obsession is. Doing a really good job in the position this year so that I can have negotiation powers. Whether it's with this organization or with another organization. So my obsession is on doing a damn good job this year. Uh, and that's a little different for me as I, I guess I'm getting ready to close this section because I'm not going to be able to talk about the SE because it needs its own time. I hate that I spent another reflection talking about the job. I don't like when I do that, but, um, going to say something the last three years um I came I left you know I was working on my own I was self quote-unquote self-employed self-driven for about 20 years half of that time I was doing really well and well, I will say a little over half that time I did really well as in, as an independent agent, if you will. And I shouldn't say as an independent agent, as though I worked for myself. I worked for the company that I built, and I was able to prosper. Was on payroll with that, and it was it was it was good. I mean, it was good. I was financially good, and I was using all of my superpowers. And I was the free agent. I could I had the autonomy that I needed. Life was grand, and then. Um, there was a shift. I no longer had, I had the autonomy, but I didn't have the pay with the, I didn't have the revenue, the income with it because of my autonomy. I made a decision, uh, because the organization that I started, started, it hit, it hit some political barriers and I didn't have the, the chops. I didn't have the, the no the knowings to confront those political barriers. So in the knowledge and the skill set that I had at the time, I was going to have to change the nature of the organization to accommodate those barriers. And I knew I didn't want to do that. So I didn't have the skill set to to combat those barriers. And I knew I didn't want to succumb to those barriers. So I decided to close it, close that business. And then I no longer had the financial piece to it. I still had autonomy, but I didn't have the income. Right. Okay. So three years ago, I decided I needed the income. I was just tired of financially struggling. I needed it. I just needed it. So I came back and I became an employee three years ago. Well, not full three years, but so for each school year, each academic year, rather, 
I've worked, I started off in one organization, excuse me, one, yeah, let's just say one job. At the end of that year, I was like, mm-mm, that I'm not ready to go back on my own, but I can't stay in this position. So then I did a what was called a blind transfer into another position, similar but different position at a different site. And at the end of that year, I knew I wasn't wasn't ready to wasn't I didn't have the, the infrastructure to go back and work on my own. I did, I was like I do not want to work in this organization anymore. So then when I heard about the current job that I have now at a different organization and a different position, I was like, let me go after it. But all of this time, I've been doing a good job, but I haven't been giving it my sexual energy. And I talk about that when I talk about the instincts that uh, in my sexual, my for me, the sexual instinct is third in my stack. And I'm talking about the Enneagram. So I was, I used my other two instincts, social and, and self-preservation, but I didn't use the sexual energy. There would be times where my sexual instinct or the one-on-one intensity instinct was like, like I was thrust, catapulted because I just, you can't control it. But I didn't live in the, um, the intensity instinct, which is called, it's called the sexual instinct. I like to call it the intensity one-on-one intensity instinct. I didn't live there. That's important because that has allowed me to work on my business deal, right? But it's been a slow crawl. That's the disadvantage. That's the disadvantage of trying to be employed for the income and then finding a little time to build your business because I'm a writer too. So I've been like the time that I have in the morning a split between writing for and for the business. Now, the writing and the business are all married. They're married, but it does. It just it just makes it difficult. It's like having three jobs. It really is. And but so my sexual instinct is still for my business. Coming back to now with this particular doing a, my resolve to do a good job is going to require my my sexual energy. It's not, I shouldn't even say it's going to require. It's already involving my sexual energy, which is a little scary for me because I haven't thought about one part of the business as not as enough. I should I thought about it. But if it's not on autopilot, I haven't done any engineering in that well. So anything that has been started already, I'm rolling that out. But I'm not using my sexual energy to cre- create new designs, new pathways. I'm not engineering anything right now. That's not good. Uh, I'm finishing my book. Yay. So I'm excited about, really, really excited about that. So I think that's the one thing I'm worried, really worried about is I as I take a resolve to be very committed to this year, to doing a really good job. And I keep saying a damn good job just to give you the intensity of that, like how it feels for me. Like saying I'm going to do a damn good job is very, it's more intense than me saying I'm going to do a very good job. So that's why I'm using that word. (laughs) Um, So I just have to really 
think about it. Now, the beautiful thing is the book that I'm working on really will be done. It really will. It's going to be done. It's going to be done. It's going to be done. It's going to be done by the end of this year. It's going to be done. (laughs) I'm doing really well with it. And um, so then in the mornings, I won't be competing. I'm going to start another book, but I'll work on. So then that'll be. So if I had to rank things like the job, the book, and then the business. So once this book gets done, it'll be the job, the business, and then the next book, right? And uh, and there's no room for the podcast. For the podcast, number one, I might do an episode over the break, and maybe that's what I do. Maybe I can only do podcast number one when I'm on like vacation from the the job. I just can't do it. But anyway, I think all of that, um, all of that, just came out of that resolve that. It's just a safe, it's just, it's just resolve. It's just, um, it feels, uh, settling, even though there's a lot of risk. Uh, it's a lot of risk there. It's a lot of, it's going to be a lot of battling, but I'm built for the battle. I think that's the difference. And I hope that he continues to maximize, I don't know if I want to say that. Because I don't want to be over in battles and not get paid for the being a, you know, I don't, I don't know. But in some ways I'm like, I'd rather you use me in, in the battle than you use me in harmony. Don't put me in the positions that require me to be harmonious. Because I'm stressed there. I have more peace in, on a battleground than I have in like, Let's all come together and hold hands. Does that make sense? So, I don't know. But I, I think it's just going to have to let the year be the year. Use me how you use me. And then next year, it's going to be a different conversation. Because this year, I'm going to be really stacking my resume. Because I'm getting some new experiences, y'all. Getting some, I'm building some new skills that's going to be, that aren't skills that I don't have on my resume right now. So while I'm not getting the pay for this, I'm getting the resume builder. And I'm super excited by that. And I just I'm think, I think where this risk is coming in, like I think there's a part of me that's like screaming inside of me, like you should be nervous about the risk. The risk is scary. It is. It really, really is. It is a real risk. It's not even a light risk. It's a high risk. I'm very, I I think the risk level is about, I feel the risk level is about 60 to 70%. That's high. It's not a low risk job. It's not a low risk treatment of this job. It's about 60 to 70%. That's fairly high. But because I'm more built as a risk taker, I feel more secure in the risk than I did when Everybody was trying to play it safe. I don't know how to explain that. It's a really weird feeling I have on the inside of me. I don't know if you guys can relate to this at all. So the risk is higher, but I feel more settled. I feel, I feel a very, I feel more comfort in the risk. That's crazy. It feels like an oxymoron. Feels counterintuitive. So, and so, um, 
I feel, yeah, I just feel better. I just feel better, even though the risk is higher, <laughs> even though it's scarier, even though I'm being used more, even though now I have to look at my coworker differently. Like all of this has changed and it it's scarier, but I have greater peace in it. That is crazy. I cannot, I really need somebody to explain that to me. I have no idea why that's happening. So let me just say this and I'm going to close. Um, so one of the, the ESFJ who works with me, you know, she was like, so what do you think about the new CEO? So what do you think? And um, I've had a couple of people who've loosely asked me that, but she being an ESFJ, <laughs> They are fire hosey people. I had somebody explain that to me, and I'm like, that is the perfect, the perfect description for an ESFJ. Just fire hose. <laughs> um, she was like, so what do you think? Um, what did she say? Can you trust? Can you trust him? And it was saying, it was saying it where you clearly knew she didn't trust him. And I was like, no, I, I don't, I don't trust him, but. I don't trust anybody. Like, that's how I feel. Like, no, I don't really trust him. I'm going to be honest. I don't. Because I don't know, I don't know his track record yet. But that's the same thing with everybody I've been working with the last four months. I don't know what you guys are doing. I don't know the things you say don't match what you do. I know you're having behind-the-scenes conversation, so I don't trust you guys either. So what's the difference? Let me tell you the difference. Even though I don't trust him, I deeply respect the vision. I deeply respect the vision. And as long as he continues to give me an opportunity to build new skills and I can respect the vision, I'm just going to learn to live with the distrust. I can live with it. I don't need to trust you anyway. How about that? You know what I'm saying? That's is that a I don't necessarily need to trust you to respect you to get my work done. No, I need you to be I need to trust you in terms of you creating a structured position, or I need to trust you that if you don't create a structured position, that you're going to be able to let me create the structure for it. That's where the distrust is going to manifest if if who you are creates uh creates chaos and prevents me from bringing order to that chaos then i'm not going to like it but that's not about trust that's about chaos i don't need to trust you i just need to minimize make sure i'm not working in chaos right so she kept pushing me like come on come on but do you trust him um, and i said well I just don't trust any of you. Well, you've been working. You no, 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 no. And I don't know if it matters. And I know, good Lord, I'm trying to close. I shouldn't bring this up now, but I don't know if it matters. But he's black. I think I've said that to you guys before. So does that? Nope. I had a I had a a guy that I worked for. He wasn't the CEO. I liked it, and he, and he and I bumped heads. We sure did. Had he, ooh, he had me so upset. I was in tears and anger. Like when I do anger tears, 
Oh, Ooh, that means I was really mad. <laughs> I don't do anger tears. I get even when those when those when that ang- anger manifested tears is pretty. It's pretty deep. And uh, I came back the next day with a force like I had a plan. Like I know I'm going to deal with you, buddy. And I was I went to I got up early that next morning, and he saw me. And he said, oh, because he, it was so intense, he probably thought I was going to take off, like, or he thought I was going to quit. I was like, I'm here. Can I talk to you for a second? He's like, sure. And I was like, this is what I think happened yesterday. This is what I think needs to happen. And we became tight. (laughs) So I don't think that this is about this new CEO being black per se. I don't think for me, but I think for everybody who's asking me, because the organization is predominantly white, so you only have a handful of black people, so you are going to probably wonder, you know. And I think there's what's called, I'm going to give you guys a term that I learned, and I'm going to be using it in my primary work, but I'll share with you, plantation politics. Plantation politics, I can't can't unpack it now, but plantation politics would say that he and I and other black people in this predominantly white space are going to survive a particular way because we're surviving in in the space of whiteness and how we interact with each other is going to be by survival. So if we think if we think aligning with each other is going to help us survive, we will survive that way if warring with each other will help us to survive if like to like uh, fight with each other would ultimately help us to survive plantation politics would explain that how we would interact with each other differently just based on plantation politics so anyway we'll see we'll see we'll see you guys if this reflection has had any value for you please give it a heart if this conversation oh my gosh politics right work politics and risk Right, goal setting and uh, negotiating with yourself on risk and ambition and uh, what do we need for safety on our jobs if any of that relates to a conversation you've had in the world would you please take this link and share with those participants and if my moving about in this reflection has given you some of your own randomness I would love to hear it. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. Going to try to figure out what your homework assignment is. I did not know I was going down this pathway, but we'll see. Hold on. I'll be right back. I think I want to focus on risk right now for you, for me, because I think that's the part that's un- unsettling for me because I'm not scared. <laughs> I know I'm very well aware that this is risky, but I'm not scared. I mean, I'm let me say, I'm not being governed by the fear. I am not notice it. But anyway, what area of risk do you have that gives you safety? If, do you experience that? Is there anything that you experience? Is there a risk that you experience, but yet you feel safe in the risk? And then I would need to ask you, what degree of risk is it? Is it low risk? I'm talking about, is there a high degree of risk in your life? 60 or above in which you feel safety in that risk and why? Or is that, if my comfort with risk, is that a T-E thing? I don't know. But do you have an area of high risk in your life, particularly with work or maybe with family? It's a high risk. 
but you feel safe in it. And I think that reminds me of a conversation I had with my house guest who talked about taking the risk in love. I don't take those risks in love. I take it in work, and she's the opposite. All right, you guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until I come back, be well. Bye.